Uh, I have changed the message. Actually, I did not have tonight's message prepared. I apologize for that. Uh, it wasn't just a ploy to get you here tonight and Sunday night, though it may work with Brother Weaver. Who knows? Uh, he said, well, I'm already here. I said, oh, I hate to tell you this. And uh, so I said, he said, well, I guess I have to come back on Sunday night. Isn't that terrible? I have to come back two, two services in a row. That's, that's pushing things. I was thinking, um, before we get into this, uh, about the spiritual battle. How would you know if you're fighting a good spiritual battle? Okay, cool scripture. How do you know if you're fighting a good spiritual battle? How does a good spiritual battle manifest itself? In your physical life. Faith without works is dead. You can believe all you want to. Quote all you want to. If you do not live what God says, how do you know what kind of a spiritual person you are? So when your back's against the wall, when you're going through tough times, you want to know how you're doing spiritually? You'll find out then. Because we tend to, most people's physical life, when it goes awry, our spiritual life goes down. Whether it's a sickness, whether it's an argument, whether it's a problem in the family, whatever the case is. How do you know if you're still doing okay? Because no matter what the physical life is going through, the spiritual life still comes through to obey the Lord with, hold, with well, I'm still going to church. No, no, with a great spiritual attitude, okay? So therefore, uh, I, I just that thought just crossed my mind and thought I'd leave that there with you. What names are given in the Bible? We're talking about the names, what's in a name, right? Last week we talked about some of those. We'll hit on that again just by way of introduction. We come to find out that the names in the Bible that are given are not like American names uh, by a long shot. I can't even pronounce American names anymore. It's like people said, I know, let's, let's use a Y instead of an R. And we'll really throw people when they pronounce my kids' names. And then we'll get upset with them like, why can't you pronounce my name? I've never seen Mary spelled with four R's, two Y's, and an L. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. What does that mean anyway? We don't know. We just thought it would be nice. But in olden times, if you would, in many countries even today, a name meant a lot. It could mean something physical in a person. It could mean somebody's heritage. It could mean a lot of different things, their relationship to other people. The Bible gives many names about Satan. And we started talking about this last week, and it's very, very important. I do know this. If you're ever going to be able to fight an enemy, it would really help if you knew something about your enemy. And I'm afraid that, take it for what it's worth, I just don't think Christians, we're not ready for this. But it's coming, whether we're ready or not. So I suggest that we just get with the program and start. I was, I was talking to Brother um, Cordry. And, uh, right, that's your name. Um, and I said, um, why, why do we come to church? And you could hear people, if you would, go like this. Much, well, my friends go. Wrong reason. Yeah. You ready? I, I, I go to church because of all the programs they have here. Wrong reason. I go there because I like the atmosphere there. Wrong reason. I go there because the music's really good. Wrong reason. So if I had to ask you, why do you come to this church? The same, the answer you give is what's going to keep you or not keep you. 
Do you know what it should be based on? Everything that the worldly churches are not teaching. It's not for entertainment. It's not for fun. It's not for excitement. It's not my friends go there. Now, all of that will be okay. But I just said, what is the reason? Why did you come to Anchor Baptist Church? Most of it, well, my parents go there. Wrong reason. Not that you had a choice. But I'm simply saying that's not what's going to keep you. What's going to keep you here? Are you ready for this? Doctrine. Truth and your relationship with Jesus Christ. Not what you think you have. It is what you know and how you're living. Folks, there are some awfully, awfully hard times heading towards. It's already here. We just, we refuse to acknowledge it. And uh, so we, we were talking about that. But anyway, uh, the devil, what's he trying to do here? So in all of these names, we're trying to learn something about him. And in learning names which describe a lot of his character and why, how he does what he does, perhaps it will help us to fight a better fight of faith if we knew what we were up against and have a better stand spiritually. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and power, spiritual wickedness in high places. We fight spirit to spirit. And if I'm not lined up with the spirit and I do not know how he acts and what he does, I am not going to make this. I don't care how sincere you are, you'll be sincerely dead as a Christian. And so you have to, fellas, please, get a Bible. Bring it with you. Open it up. Write stuff down. Learn. Quote. Whether you're called to preach or not, work on sermons. Write stuff down. Ask the Lord to help you. You've got to start doing these things. If you do not start feeding yourself spiritually, you're going. I can't be with you all the time. Oh, can't wait for church on Thursday. I appreciate that. What did you do for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I bet if I went to your car right now during your work time, you do not have a Bible or tracks in your car. I'll bet if I just showed up on your job and I said, oh, yeah, they're one of our best Christians. You're kidding me, right? What would they say? What would they say? There's no amens. What would they say? You have to understand here, our hope is that in learning these names, we learn about Satan. In learning about Satan, perhaps we can put up a better fight on a spiritual level. Last week, what's in a name? We learned several things. First of all, we learned Satan. That is a name that the Bible uses for him. And we found out that what it means is adversary, opposer, and slanderer. This is why it is absolutely wrong for whatever reason for Christians to slander another Christian. Absolutely wrong in the Bible. You are identifying with Satan, whose one of those descriptions concerning that name is slanderer. And when you slander another Christian, I don't care what reason you have, you're being used. And so God is not for that. And then we learned about the devil. That name is in the Bible also. And it means hairy, shaggy, he-goat, satire. It's a, it's a beast of a, the desert that it's kind of made up. People wonder if it was really true or not. In Greek mythology and things like that, uh, you'll read about them. You can look it up. This is where we get this idea that the devil was hairy and walked on hoofs and that kind of stuff because the Jews would identify many times as he being this he-goat. You know, what, is that the symbol? No. What is, what is the symbol, honey, for the goat? For the, what, what does this mean? That, that's it, right? Somebody help me out. This one means love. Watch this. Just by doing this changes the whole thing. You understand? Good music 
is this far away from being very, very satanic music. Not knowing your Bible, ready, is one or two words away from being absolutely wrong. You notice the deception there if you do not. Now the world will tell you it's no big deal. Basically it says the same thing. Tell Eve that. She'll put up the argument. She'll tell you, no, 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 you can't do that. I got one or two words wrong and look what happened. And that, that, so we need to understand. That's what it means. In Greek, that same devil means slanderer, accuser, traducer. Traducer, which means this. Lead along as a spectacle waiting to expose to disgrace. Is this not what he does? Is that not what he did to Samson? David, right? King Saul, right? Is it not? He led them along to disgrace and then exposed them. Is that not what he did? So the name starts telling us something about our enemy. Then we found out another name was Beelzebub with two E's. Beelzebub. In the Old Testament, it's Beelzebub with two A's. Same, it's just pronounced wrong. One is Hebrew, one's Greek. It means the prince of devils. Baby, you've heard this. I, if I'm not mistaken, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, there was a, a, a book called Lord of the Flies. Wasn't there? Anybody remember that a long, long time ago? Some of you older folks might remember that. Brother Weaver, you understand? Um, and so I believe that's there. I wonder where they came up with that. Somebody just sitting around going, hey, let's call this the Lord of the Flies. Uh, no, the devil's always trying to introduce himself without exposing himself till we get used to things. So it's the prince of devils. Beelzebub, or Beelzebub in the New Testament, is prince of devils. They all are subject to him. They do what he instructs them to do during this time in the world or in eternity. It means Lord or ruler of demons. It means, this is impressive, the dung God. Do I need to explain? Call him the fertilizer God. Call him whatever you want to. Lord of the flies. Now why that? Because anything that's dead and rotting and decaying attracts flies. And he cannot put his hand to anything without it decaying and falling apart. He's not going to help your marriage. He's not going to help your independent life. He's not going to help you get wealthy. Anything that he touches is going to decay, fall apart, and ruin. You've got to get that in your head. All that's in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Any man that loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why? Because he doesn't identify with any of that. This is all set up in a delusion where we're missing out on fun. It doesn't end that way. So the devil's setting us up. And then we learned about the serpent. Now, just like a real serpent, it actually means twisted, deceitful, hypocritical, beguiling, putrid. It also means, in, in Proverbs 22, 3, it means crafty, cunning, subtle, Remember, he was subtle, more subtle than any beast, right? Now, to us, the Lord even tells us that we need to be this way in a right way. Yeah. Quit being so simple. The Bible talks about there in Proverbs. Simple meaning, I just didn't know, like a, like a child not knowing what's going on in the world and just walks headlong into it. We're not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be wise as a serpent. Yeah. He was pretty wise, wasn't he? He knew what to do, how to get around God, how to get in the garden, how to do these things. He knew. Trouble is, he used it all for wrong. We're not supposed to be that way. And then we're supposed to be harmless as a dove. It appears, it appears as though everything, and maybe even more, that God built in him in, not even more, everything God built in him in heaven, when he extinguished him from 
belonging in heaven anymore. All that was in him came down to the heavens and to this earth. One day to the earth itself and no longer in the heavens at all. That's going to be a scary time. You don't want to be here. If you're not saved and the rapture took place, you would be here. And so what we find out here during all this time, he brought what the Bible said. Remember we read about that in Ezekiel? Full of wisdom, beauty, the tabrets and pipes that God built into him, the, the, the covering cherub over the throne of God. It's just, I can't imagine. What else do you want? Well, the same thing that Korah. I actually had someone years ago uh, that was trying to do some things here they shouldn't have been doing. And the first thing they said, and don't identify me with Korah either. Hmm. And why would you say that? Yeah. That'd be like the devil saying, uh, don't identify me with the overthrow in heaven. Why not? Mm-hmm. It's what you did, and it didn't work. So what happens is we come to find out he still possesses these things, except now you said beauty? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most married men don't fall for an ugly, old, fat woman. You ever wonder why they go for someone shapely and beautiful? And by the way, it never works. Do you know why? Because the devil is the beautiful archangel in heaven. And he brings that down to earth. And that is the deceiving part about it. That doesn't mean Christian women are not supposed to be beautiful. You're really holy, you'll be a hag and old. That's not true. That's not true. So what happens here is this. He brings that down and he perverts it and he twists it like a serpent. He twists it evil way to destroy and mislead. So with those going on, the next name I want to introduce you to is murderer. A murderer. A murderer. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Murderer. Is there any doubt what that is? By the way, sometimes killing and murder is not the same thing. Y'all look at me like, what? Yeah, it is. Somebody still died. No, no, no. Totally different. And so we find out even in the commandments, thou shalt not what? Kill, which means murder. Because during that same time, those same people he gave that to said, go into the Canaan land and kill everybody that's there. So you mean God went against his own word? Okay, then there must be a misunderstanding here. And it is. It's in the interpretation that our singular word can have two different meanings. Just like the word love in the Bible has three or four different meanings to our one word love. So in that particular case, it does help a little bit to know or have a book that you can reference for the Greek and the Hebrew. So murderer, none other than the Lord himself gave this title to the devil. The Lord did this. Go to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. In John chapter number 8, look at verse number 44. John chapter 8 and verse number 44. Now this is Jesus himself Giving this is the first time we hear this, but here's what he says. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time. Watch what he says. John 8, 44. Ye are, uh, ye are of your father, the devil. Now we know who he's talking about, or he's referencing to. He's talking to the Pharisees and those people. And the lust of your father you will do, period. He was a, what, murderer from the beginning, from the beginning of mankind is what he's talking about. We remember this from the dawn of humanity's history. There he was right outside the gates of the Garden of Eden with the first two boys. And you remember what happened. I've always asked people, where did he learn how to murder? And it wasn't until just a day or two. I, well, right there. He's the one that did this. You ever wonder who taught your child to lie? As the deacon's kids, I know. But you ever, you ever wonder about that? 
Where did they learn how to lie? David said the wicked come forth from their mother's womb telling lies. You, you, you have to understand, folks, we've been, we've been taught, even a lot of Christians think, that we started off real good, uh, uh, kind of dumb, we didn't know, and we're getting better all the time. No, no, it's the other way around. Yeah. Probably the best we've ever been, the smartest we've ever been was Adam. Yep. And he went downhill from there. Okay. So this is what's going on. He said, you have your father a murderer from the beginning. And so we find out that his, from his very origins, the passion to kill. This is why you better be careful about your, 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 your temper. About just, well, I'll just cut loose. And, okay, you cut loose too far, you're going to murder somebody. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. Happens all, look what David did yeah. with Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, the Hittite. Yeah. He planned that. David, what are you doing? David, you've killed a lot of people. You never murdered anybody. Yeah. Even when it came to Saul, he could have actually killed him several times, but he didn't. Yeah. But now we come to find it. He lost his temper. He lost his walk with God. And you're going to be shocked at what you're able to do when you're no longer walking with God. And so we find out here he was, he, he, this is part of his characteristic. In John 10.10, 10, John 10.10, 10, the Bible said, The thief cometh not. But for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. you got to start getting it in your head. All that's in the world is not of the Father. Your old friends, who's their father? Yes, well, they're not saved yet. Then the devil's their father. Everybody has a father. What are you doing running around with kids that agree and are following the devil? What are you doing? We don't understand what he's, he's looking to spiritually murder you, to destroy your testimony, to get you out of the way. And we just walk right on that path like, well, yeah, but it's different. It's not different. God's word is not going to change because of us. It's just the way that it goes. The devil showed his intentions just outside the... Isn't that amazing? He got mom and dad to stop their walk with the Lord for education. In the hopes of becoming as smart as God. Yeah. You could become like God's. Ask all your kids down in campuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to change the world for good. Mm-hmm. Then become a Christian. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's not what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then right outside, that, if that weren't enough, they got kicked out of the garden. There was a sword that turned every which way to keep them out of there so they wouldn't get to the tree of life. And right outside there with all of that hurt going on and all of that in their head for the first time ever, now you got one boy who murdered his brother. Can you imagine that? And the Bible said, God did, says right here that from the beginning he was a murderer. He did this. He influenced him to lose his temper and kill his brother. And you know what he killed him for? Because his brother was righteous and he wasn't. Now that's a good reason, isn't it? You ever wonder why Christians and including your family get so upset with you sometimes for talking to them about the Lord? Because you think you're right and I'm not. And you let that go on too long, somebody's going to get killed. This is why families split. And this is why we have decisions to make about standing for God or standing with family. May I emphasize again, family does not come above everything. I was talking to someone one day. I don't think it was you, somebody. Where did we pick that phrase up at? If God said, I must have the preeminence and I come first, man comes up with the family comes above everything. 
God said this is the way to raise children. Man says, we have a better idea. I think marriage ought to be this way. And God plants it all out. And man says, here's what I think. We always have a better idea than God. You ever notice that? About everything. Money, church. Church should be entertainment. God said, no, that's not the reason for church. Not at all. So what we have here is the devil showed his intentions with Cain slewing Abel right off the bat. Since that tragic day, first murder in history, ain't going to be the last by a long shot. We also find out, look around you all the time. We're coming to find out that this whole thing about murdering is escalating. It's escalating. By the way, God destroyed the world once, and part of the reason was because of the violence that was in the world. The violence that was in the world. And come to find out it's happening again. The world is becoming more and more violent over anything. We have no control over ourselves at all anymore. And Christian, this is why you have to. And there's only one way you can do that, and that is yield to the Holy Spirit of God. And you're not going to do that if you don't know how to walk with Him and what God wants. You don't make this stuff up as you go, well, I just feel like, stop that. Stop that. What does God want? That's all that makes the difference. That's all that's going to make a difference when you meet him. He's not going to say, well, how'd you feel about that day? He's not going to say that. I'm not trying to be funny. What he's going to say, the Bible actually says in Psalms and other places, we shall be judged by his word. So nothing new is going to be spread. Well, it'll be new to a lot of people, but nothing new. God's not going to make stuff up on the judgment day. He has books of your life, and this is what's going to go by. So the only thing that makes a difference is yielding to whatever God wants. We've got to quit making stuff up. And go, well, I just think it's okay. Why? Where are we getting this stuff at? We're being set up. The world's getting worse all the time, and we're just having the greatest time in the world. That even sounds bad. Christians are having the greatest time in the world. Something wrong with that. So what do we have here? We, it's, he's accelerating his activity. Go to Revelation chapter number 6. Revelation chapter number 6. This whole murder thing, you know, we keep saying this. These young people now, it's not just young people. It's old people too. People just lose their attitude, start swinging machetes and hammers and guns and quit blaming guns on everything. Why won't you blame something on machetes? Okay, no more carrying machetes. You go to foreign countries, little kids, grandpas, everybody, moms, they all carry machetes. You first go down and go, okay, I don't have one. <laughs> they do in Honduras, they, they carry them everywhere. I mean, old people who can't hardly walk carrying machete that long. Little kids carrying them. They are. They're chopping wood, chopping coconuts, chopping. You step out of line too much, you just come up pieces of the field. They were, he was telling, you think I'm kidding. You're going like, that's not funny. It happened. Brother John Nelm said in some of those villages where the police could care less really what's going on, they'll come up here, okay, so who, what's this? Okay, well, that settles that, and they'll just drive off. Somebody did something they shouldn't do. Nobody did anything. Till one night they found him out in the field all hacked to pieces. They handled their own problem. I didn't say it was right. I'm saying that's what they do. Without a gun. Are you going to blame guns on that? So, what do we have here? Revelation chapter number 6. Revelation chapter number 6. You're already there. Revelation chapter number 6. I want you to look at verse number 9. Chapter 6, verse number 9. Now, this is um, way up in the time of the tribulation. So, that's future. Okay? So, Cain and Abel. First murder. All during this time, all past us, 
whenever the rapture takes place, another seven years. And watch what happens here. Now we've got people in heaven crying to God. And watch what they say, starting in verse number nine. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. That they, These are martyrs. It's not us. It's not us. These are martyrs, people who died during that time. It was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren should be killed. So it's not over with yet. And the, 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 he, he said right here that he was a murderer from the beginning. It didn't stop there. We tend to believe it's flesh against flesh. It's not. The devil sets flesh on fire and then backs away and watches us all kill each other. We're doing the same thing in churches. Once we get it in for somebody, I'm not giving up on you until everybody on the website knows just what a jerk you really are. You know what bothers me more than that? I understand people losing. I don't understand other Christians going, yeah, I I heard that. I I read that too. Why? We have no control. We're losing our control. We have no idea what we're doing half the time. I'm not upset with you. I'm just simply telling you. We're not the Christian we think we are. You don't believe it? Let me do something that really offends you. Let me see how you act. Will you realize the devil's behind all that and forgive me and try your best to recover? Now, sitting here, you're going, yeah, I think I would. You know why? That's not reality yet. And our spirituality comes out in our physical manifestations of how we act and react to what goes on in our life. So I want you to look at chapter 7, verse number 14. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Way up in the future time, however that may be, if the rapture took place right now, seven maybe plus years from there, people are still murdering each other, especially Christians. I think you'd be shocked if you studied Christian history and come to find out millions of Christians, 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 those of us that, no, we just want to tell the truth. The world does not like you. Get over it. It's never, going to, it's never going to accept you. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what country you come from. If you're a born-again Christian, they hate you because you remind them of truth, and they don't want to acknowledge the truth. You, you got to, So we're just fat and happy in our church, and as long as we have entertainment and crowds are growing, we're doing good. Okay, next. First Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. Another name that the Bible gives him, or a title, a roaring lion. A roaring lion. Now this is something here. 1 Peter chapter number 5, look at verse number 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Because, so let me tell you why you need to do this. Because your adversary, that's your enemy, the devil. Now we know who he's talking about. As a roaring lion, he's like that. Walking about, seeking. This is no accident. He's coming after you. The more you do for Christ, the more he's seeking a way to tear your life apart. So here's what people say. I just want to sit in church and do nothing. Why? Why? Did not God promise us an eternal home in heaven? 
Did he not promise us resurrection? Did he not promise us that your labor of love is not in vain in the Lord? Did he not say that everything we do are written down in books in heaven? Did he not say that? Why are we so worried? Because the world has such influence. If the whole world talks about us, people, you know something? If you tell a lie long enough, people will believe it's true. No? What about evolution? It's a theory. They can't even put all the pieces together. People, no, that's a fact. No, it's not a fact. Yeah. And don't look at me, you poor folks that went to public school. Yeah. I'm doing the best I can. Now, <laughs> the characteristics of a lion that stalks its prey are both stealthy and also ruthless. Uh, I was watching a, a documentary the other day about Africa since we're going there. Uh, and uh, in case I cross a lion's path, I want to know how to defend myself, you know. And I found out the way to do that is take Brother Celier and throw him in front of me and run. <laughs> the slow guy they're always going to get. So if I can outrun him, I'm good to go. So again, his purpose, even though it's stealthy, is to destroy. You understand? The devil doesn't change his characteristic unless it's in his favor and he still wants to destroy things. The lion never gives, look at me, Christian, advance notice of his intentions. Okay, I'm coming for you. You better be careful. Do you hear me scratching on the wall? He's not going to do that. Nor does he betray his presence until he's ready to strike. Now listen to this very carefully. The lion roars after he's got his prey. Like he's bragging. Remember Samson? Between the pillars, how they poked fun at him, made fun, little child leading him, bald as all get out, this brave, strong man for God. They're all laughing and making fun. This once strong Christian for the Lord. So what do we have here is he roars after he kills, not before. I didn't see it coming, preacher. I know. I know. Well, you want him to roar and say, I'm on my way. We're not, this is not little red riding hood. She heard the wolf growling and stuff. As he, now, why would he want to do that? He wants to sneak up on you and take you out. No individual or true church is exempt from him. No Christian or true church is exempt. Look at me. These mega churches and a lot of Baptist churches anymore, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say so. They do not represent our Lord anymore. They are misleading and adding to the confusion that you need to fit into the world to have a good church anymore. If that's the case, we should never be a good church. But that's not a good definition. If you know what a church is. So he constantly is on the prowl. So Peter instructs in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse number 8. Be sober. He's looking for you. <coughs> Excuse me. He's looking for you. He's walking about seeking. Whom he may devour. Destroy. Tear apart. Leave dead. So his instruction. Be sober. Come on. Snap out of it. Be vigilant. So the world uses the word conspiracy theorist. Oh, you people. You see the devil behind every rock. I wish we did. We'd be a whole lot better off. So the world with its influence is still training our minds how to think like they think we should. We, we still don't know how to break from that. There's only one thing that's going to do that, and that's the Bible. 
So what do we have here is, he said, it is in his nature to hunt and to destroy. It's just what the devil does. He said, why would he do that? That's just what he does. Ever since he got kicked out of heaven, that's what he does. Everything God gave him up there, he brought down here and twists. This is why music has such an influence on people. You understand? God put a musical angel right in front of him. Pretty influential. Now he's down here. He's taken that same gift and turned it. Still has that ability. He just doesn't use it for God anymore. Let's talk about this one too, the next one. Liar. No, not you, the devil. That's another one of his titles. He's a liar. The devil can come across as bringing light. But even in doing that, he's lying about it. You remember when he approached Jesus there in the wilderness? He actually even used scripture, which is truth. What is truth? I word is truth. Even using truth, but he wasn't using it right, was he? So even when he's trying to show like I'm bringing light, like a lot of false churches, look, you're just going to have to get used to saying that because it's going to get worse. We dress the way we want, talk the way we want, act the way we want, listen to what we want, drink what we want, say what we want, come and go as we please, and we're still fundamental Baptist people. No, you're not. And neither am I when I do that. You say, you upset about something? Yes. Now, so what happens here? The devil can come across as bringing light, but it's still a part of his life. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Drop down to verse number 13. This is what throws a lot of people. Yeah, but he's such a nice guy. I just love that preacher. That's not the point. Is he telling, ready, the whole truth? Joel Osteen and people like that purposely avoid certain things of the Bible so they can still be liked by the world. They won't take a stand. They're not going to take a stand. You can ask them a direct question, they'll sidestep it, like a politician. (coughs) T.D. Jakes, (coughs) I don't care what color the guy is. He's a deceiver. He's a compromiser. He's a pussyfooter. He will not stand for the King James Bible. And he is leading many, many people astray from true Bible believing. We get so caught up in the antics and the emotion and how it makes us feel, we forgot about doctrine. So you're staring like, I don't know if I like this part or not. Wake up. This is what's coming to a theater near you. This is why the Bible said in the last days, men shall heap to themselves, what, teachers? Hey, can you scratch my ear and make me feel good? You know what they don't want to hear? You remember the rest of it? Sound what? Doctrine. Doctrine. See, truth, you go, well, I think it's truth. Sound doctrine. You can use this scripture, but if it doesn't fit with all these scriptures, something's wrong with your belief. All scripture fits together like one book. So whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, you can't make up stuff that way. But when you get people ignorant of their Bible, you can talk them in about anything. Just make them feel good. If I could make you feel good and somebody pay off this mortgage, we'd be doing great. I'll tell you right now, I'd feel a whole lot better. I'd feel real spiritual, too. How'd you like to help an old boy out? And it got real quiet again. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Go down to verse number 13. For such are false apostles. You mean there are apostles that are false? You better believe it. Deceitful workers. Wait a minute. That's a characteristic of the devil. 
transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ? Why would the devil do that? He can't do that, can he? The Bible says he can. And no marvel. Not, not the comic book. No marvel. For Satan, now I know who I'm talking to. Satan himself, Satan himself is transformed into an angel. When I first got saved, my brother was reading me this here, and I got real concerned. Here's what I said. How do I know you're telling me the truth? I thought that was a good question. You know what he said? Not me, stupid. And I said, no, no, you said. If they couldn't prove it by the Bible, I shouldn't listen to them. I drove him crazy after that. Where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? By the way, that'd be good for some of you. Yeah. Make you force you to get in your Bible and find some answers. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to learn Bible sooner or later. You're going to go down. I'm just yeah. telling you it's going to happen. So watch what he says here. Transform, transform into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing. Now, if he can do that, it's no great thing for his ministers also to be transformed into ministers of righteousness yeah. whose end shall be according to their works. Get him full in God. John chapter number 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. You know what we are? We're like children. We're playing marbles with diamonds. And who said that? The old preacher, Vance Havner, said that. Playing marbles with diamonds. We don't even know what we got. God gave us all of this, and it's like kids playing marbles with diamonds. They don't even know the value of what God has given to us. We just want to play and have a good time. I'm not against that. Honestly, I am not. You know me. I love to have a good time. But we are being walked right down the yellow brick road to the Wizard of Oz, and he ain't there to help us. By the way, who made that story up? Whatever. That's another sermon. Now, John chapter number 8. Look at verse number 44. Verse number 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. See, the word, they all think they're independent thinkers, don't they? Nobody tells me what to do. Then how come you're all the same? One person starts getting tattooed, everybody gets tattooed. One person falls face first in the tackle box, everybody does that. You know what that means, do you? Okay. Some person begins to color their hair blue, green, orange, chartreuse, whatever. That is really beautiful. Everybody does, including a lot of Christians. So you don't like the color God gave you? My wife tells me, honey, if you could wear makeup and color your hair, you'd look a lot younger too. There's a lot of men doing that nowadays. Brother Weaver? Okay, anyway. (laughs) It ain't working, brother. So watch what he says here in verse number 44. In verse 44 he says this, Your father, the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the what? Church? Friendships? Walking with God? No, truth! Truth! Above love is truth. You can't even have good love, the godly love, without truth. What do you base your love on? It has to be on truth. So the greatest attribute that God says we should follow is truth. Not love. So what's everybody say today? God is love. He loves everybody. Yeah, but it's not according to truth. That's why the love that you're talking about is not godly love. You understand that? Homosexual? You understand that? Do you understand that? Don't, don't look up one eyebrow. Did he just say that? Yeah. Homosexual? Lesbian? Sodomite? Yeah. Talking about you. 
You say, you mean God won't save me? Didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. But you cannot say God loves me because I'm a homosexual. That is not true. God will accept you where you're at, not what you are. So what has the world taught us? Why don't people just accept me for what I am? Because it's not right. Why don't you accept a drunk for what they are? That would be foolish, wouldn't it? Okay, there I go rambling again. Verse 44, the latter part. When he speaks, he, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Anytime, by the way, that goes for your kids. And that goes for you. And it goes for me. You ever had somebody, when I was out in the world, when I used to work for a living, <clears throat> people would come up to you and they'd go like this, look, I, I want to tell you something. But you can't tell anybody because, I mean, honestly, I could go to jail over this. First of all, what are you doing having friends like that? Why did they think they could tell you and get by with it? So I would say a lot of people get in trouble because it's like they don't know what else to say. So I'm going to tell you what to say. Ready? You say, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. Whatever you tell me, if I think somebody needs to know, I'm going to. So go ahead. Oh, man, I thought you were my friend. So I'm only a friend if I go along with what you do. Then we're not friends. Truth, truth shall make you free. Satan is the very fountain and focal point of all falsehood and deceit and lies and trickery. Listen to me, Christian. It's not funny when you do stuff like that. You're being used. Don't do that. For anyone to lie, to deceive, to purposely, purposely mislead is to align themselves with the father of lies. God said he's the father of lies. It all starts with me. And if you lie, you're like me. So the next time you lie, keep that in mind. I don't care how simple it is. Yeah, but if I said that, I'll get fired. What did you do to get fired for? And now you're going to lie to cover that up. The devil knows when we do something wrong, the next thing we want to do is lie. No. How about, how about Cain? Where's your brother? I'm not a brother's keeper. You know exactly where he was. Why didn't you just tell the Lord where he was? Same with David. David knew. All of them were in trouble, okay? While he, while he poses at times as a champion for divine... How many people have told me, left here? Nobody's ever left here and said, you're preaching false doctrine. Not the first person in 34 years. Not the first person. Attitude, okay, whatever. And the place they go, I, I, I'm sorry, it was just some things I don't understand. I don't quite fit your mold. So you go to some place that doesn't use the King James Bible, listens to modern Christian, whatever that may mean. That's like devilish booze. I mean, is that okay? And, and then you, and you'll even tell people, I know, I know, it's not all it should be. But you stay anyway. Yeah. Oh, I know why. Because the guys can wear their shorts and the women can put on their skin-tight pants. Yeah. No? Then how come that's the first thing you do when you leave? That was what was holding you back here? Skin-tight pants? Just keep staring at me. Yeah, it's okay. Hmm, what's he mean by that? If I'm, am I beating around the bush? Am I not quite understand what I'm talking about here? He falsifies truth. He misrepresents it. He twists it around. He mixes it with error. He never uses truth the way God intended. 
He knows it. He knows the Bible better than most of us in this room. But he twists it. Did God say that? Like he didn't know. The devil knew what God said. And then Eve goofed up, didn't she? Instead of quoting what God said, she started making stuff up. Well, no, he told us we couldn't touch it either. God never said that. He did not say that. Eve, why would you say that? Well, that's not what I meant. That's the way most Christians are today. Well, you know what I meant. Yeah, I know what you meant. You don't know your Bible. That's what you meant. And so Adam and Eve, the same thing here, he, he, he does it so skillfully, he even deceives the very elect. Now, just stop and think about that. Where are you on your Bible knowledge? Now, before you go tooting your own horn and blowing your head up like a bubble, just whatever that means, I don't know, I just made that up. You're no match for the devil. I don't care how smart you are. How many degrees you have, they call you a thermometer. It doesn't make a bit of difference at all. You're no match for him. Okay, what college you went to, don't care where you fit in social society or what financial level you think you're on. The devil's not impressed by you at all. Matter of fact, the more influence you have, the better it'll be when I take you down. So, Jesus in the wilderness, we also find out he tried to tempt him there. Now, let me straighten something out. When I was in college, everybody wanted to know, what? You mean Jesus could be tempted with sin? No. It's impossible. Then why would the devil try that? That's all he knew. Every man that comes in the world, he attacks like that. So he was going to do it. Christ, the man, Christ Jesus. So the devil, using the only tools that he had, went after him like he does you or me. Read the account there in the wilderness. The same thing he did there. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Same thing he used on you, same thing he used on Jesus. The only thing is he solicited him with sin, but it's impossible for Christ to sin. So what he did during that time was to show us this is how you overcome. This is how you overcome what's eating away at you in your mind and heart is the Bible, not your feelings, not your best friend giving you worldly advice. It's not going to work. So next, tempter. Tempter. Tempter is another name. The term tempter is used two times in the New Testament. Two times. Now, here's what throws a lot of people, because, again, our English word is sometimes a little confusing. In the New Testament, the word tempt actually has two meanings to it. Watch what it says. Go go to uh, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter number 4. I'll show you what I'm talking about here. In Matthew chapter number 4. In the wilderness here, you find out that the Bible talks about, look, go down to verse number, chapter 4, verse 3 of Matthew. In the wilderness, the temptation of Christ, it says this in verse 3, and when the tempter came to him, talking about Jesus, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Trying to get Jesus to go against his father's word, thus sinning. So he's tempting him with what he should not want or do, okay? Watch the word he used was what? Tempt. Now, I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, look at verse number 5. Are you there? Here again, we see the place where tempter is used. Watch what it says. For this cause... When I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. 
lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. So we find out those are the two times in the New Testament. However, the Bible says the Lord tempted Abraham. Actually, the Lord tempted Lot, or Job. What does that mean? He tested him. Now, let me help you to understand something very carefully here. First of all, there's two meanings. The first meaning would be this, to test, the Bible says, as as gold, tried in the fire, right? So the Lord will test you, tempt you, not with evil, but like you would gold. Let's test it. How pure is that gold? Let's test it. So God, listen to me, Christian, I think this is where we're at in our church. God will take you into areas we're going to be able to see just where we stand. How pure is our faith? What is our resolve? What is, our, what, what is it we really do believe and will we stand on it? How else are you going to know? So our spirituality is made manifest in our physical lives by what we do, direction we go, what we say, things like that. You, you understand? Okay. So, number one, to test as when gold is refined in the fire. The only way you know gold is really, really pure, you have to put it in fire. And all the impurities bubble to the top, they scrape that off, and what's left is pure gold. But you ever notice down here on earth, they, ne- they never call it 100% gold. It's 99.999% gold. Just in case. All right? But the Lord said, he'll try your hearts. He'll try your hearts. You want to know what's in you? God said, I'll show you. And we'll, I think we'll be shocked. We're not really the, the fabulous Christians that we, we dare think we are at times. I'm going to try and put you down. The Lord is trying to help us to understand this is where you really are, not where you think you are. Yeah. Now, you need to know that because when you get in this next trial, you're going to be hurting because you think more than what you really are. That's not going to help you. However, the devil will tempt to incite you to go into sin. Same word. One is to pull you into sin and leave the Lord and what he has. The other one is to try you and strengthen you and build your faith, your resolve. Same word. Tempted or tempter. Do you understand? Okay, so what am I saying here? One, God uses to purify and strengthen his children. To purify like gold and to strengthen like you would take iron and put it in there. And when you start to beat on it, it makes it stronger. That's how they make swords and stuff, you know. And you ever watch that, uh, what is that, forged in the fire or whatever, where they make knives and stuff. That's pretty cool. And uh, so commercial. Number two, the other hand the devil uses to draw you away. He uses all that's in the world, lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, pride of life. Your own lust. Every man has his own lust. And the devil uses the world, everything that's not of the Father, that my lust really would like to have some of this or that or that, to pull you away from him and what is right. This is what the devil does. So we're not fighting President Biden. Now, we may be fighting principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, but it's not him. There's no way in the world he understands what he's doing. No way in the world. I don't mean just because he has dementia and he's about ready to fall over. He's not about ready to fall over. He does on a regular basis. I'm simply saying, 
you're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. How is it 15 or 20 people in orange jumpsuits can kneel down in the, in the sand on a foreign field and have their heads cut off by their enemies while they're praying for them and thanking God, while their wives are saying, I can't believe I looked up and my husband on TV dying for his Savior. We can't believe that he was so blessed. What? In America? I know. We'd be crying like a mouse eating onions. We'd be so upset. We'd be calling everybody and everything. I'd say it. If that's the way Christianity is, I've had it. Yeah. Our Christianity, most of it is made up stuff. It's not based on truth. I'm just trying to help us out here. Sometimes the same event, this is amazing. Somebody's asked one time, how do you know if you're being tempted by the devil or tempted by the Lord? Very simply, one will take you through a very difficult time to strengthen you, bring you closer to God. The other one will tempt you with something, probably not a difficult time, something you kind of want to lead you off into sin. No good. Okay. However, every once in a while, one event, both of them will use to bring about a different response. What do I mean? Joseph. Joseph with Potiphar's wife. Do you remember that episode there? So what the Lord did was to prove with him, and the Bible said, and the Lord is with Joseph, and the Lord is with Joseph, and the Lord is with Joseph. God was strengthening him for what lied ahead. God was setting him apart for himself. On the other hand, the devil was setting him up with somebody trying to allure him off to the side to get him to fall in sin. The end of Joseph, you can't lead the country that way. So both of them were using that same incident. So sometimes we go like this, well, what's wrong with it? I don't know. Which direction is it trying to take you? You know the whole pen thing? Remember the pen thing? Okay, nice pen. Somebody bought this for me. I don't know. I wouldn't pay that much for it. But anyway, it's a good pen. It's an expensive pen. Writes real well. Solid. I mean, holds together. What's wrong with me wanting that pen? Nothing as far as I know. What I want to know before you get that job, move to that place, I want to know what direction. Now, quit making stuff up. Well, I the devil is a deceiver, a liar, a misleader, a trickster. He will take that which seemingly is nothing wrong with and begin to lean it right after you buy into it. So, what happens? The devil loves to tempt to draw Christians into sinfulness. He did this with the celestial spirits in heaven called angels. Can you believe that? He is so deceitful and misleading, he talked angels that were with God to leave, to rebel, to try to overthrow. How, how foolish could they be? I don't know. How about us? We have the Savior. We have the Word of God. We have a local church. We have the Holy Spirit of God. They didn't have any of that. We have all of this the promise of heaven, no matter what happens, we can't lose our salvation. And we still stumble over ourselves and start attacking each other and pointing fingers at each other and rip church. I don't care. I don't care. The whole church is destroyed. I am not putting up with this. Way to go, Satan. Again, during that time, we revealed our spirituality. It is so hard to control you a whole lot harder than trying to yell and scream and control other people. And again, cussing and yelling and repeating the same dumb phrase is the language of the ignorant. I love that. Uh, I made that up, by the way. Now, okay, you gave it to me. But anyway, his aim is to frustrate God's purposes of grace 
for mankind. Look, God has this for you. We don't even know what all's in there yet. This is for you. You gonna put up with that? I mean, why do we have to do that? I'm not, I'm not that kind of a person. I, I don't act like that. You ever notice how we look at God's word and start making excuses for ourselves? Who would want you to start going against what God said we really are? Hmm, who could do that? No, no, not your mother-in-law. It is Satan. He is a liar and the father of it, even when he comes to you with truth, which he did with Jesus in the wilderness. He quoted scripture to Christ to try to trick him into disobeying God. His aim is to frustrate God's purposes and grace for man, God, mankind, and, and, and by tempting him, abandon what God has for him. Folks, look, you got saved and God put you in his family. The devil can't get you out of that family, so he's going to make you like you're a stepchild or you really don't belong or God doesn't love you, so you go off in a different direction and rebel like the prodigal son did. He had it made at home, and he said, no, I want to go to the far country. I'm missing out. And this is what we're doing. We're missing out on a lot, aren't we? Especially you young people. Even some of you older people in here. I know people right now who left a good church and God's will for 20-some years because of loneliness. You don't think the devil will use your own heartbreak against you? Yeah. He don't care how much you hurt. Yeah. So then what am I supposed to do? Truth. Yeah. When push comes to shove and we got our story all pat and laid out, most people don't want to come talk to me. You know what they'll say? Oh, you already know what he's going to say. Well, I'll try my best to be kind about it, but I'm going to tell you the truth as much as I know. The artistry of the devil is to make himself invisible in your temptations. So much easier to blame other people. When he's standing off to the side, pointing fingers and clapping and going on to the next person. And you never even brought his name up. You never even thought about maybe it was him. It's always him. Okay? Hope that helped you a little bit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible.